on this week's show. Disappointment in the FA Trophy, but looking forward to a bright future. We're from Hyde forward Jake Embry. We've got seven games in hand on some people. We're like six points behind, so we're sitting in a nice position, but yeah, a lot of work to do now. And settling into life at Lordswood, manager Nicky Southall tells us about his start to his time at Martin Grove. Looking at the way we celebrated after the game on Saturday, it clean shows to me that there's a definitely a, a newfound team spirit among seven boys in that dressing room. And welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Uh, we've just got the two interviews for you this week, not for the one of trying, uh, but hopefully you will enjoy them and we'll try and bring our A game as well to make up for the shortfall of other voices. Uh, I'm John Phipps, thanks to Series Voice texting Bridge Looks as though he was having an affair with a woman called Jackie Potato this week. And on the line now is a man who was spotted yelling obscenities from his car outside an Indian restaurant on Saturday night. People think you're a nice guy, Matt Gerard, but you've got a potty mouth, haven't you? Well, I, only when I see idiots walking across the road didn't I and I thought oh yeah. I recognise that person as he was in my manner and I thought oh the only way of getting your attention was to call you a beep head well I mean it didn't go down very well with my uh, with my companion it's safe to say but well, well, I, think, I, I think she was a bit scared wasn't she she was a little bit yes I think she thought I was going to go and fight a random who was calling <laughs> me who was swearing at me in the, in the street so um but yeah I I, I why are you, what are you basing that I'm an idiot on? I was just merely walking across the road to go to the pub. Yeah, yeah, but I, I could have I could have said, oh, hello, John, how are you? Could I? Yeah, but that would have been that, much politer, yeah. No, no, well, well, <laughs> again, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that bad a word. No, I suppose not. No, it could have been worse. How uh, was Mrs. Jarrah's curry? She, she rated it, yes. So um, we're always looking for takeaway places. So um, she said we'd get it from there again. So when we have a curry, which is... Very rarely, because the kids don't actually like it, and we would use that place again. So, uh, yeah, she she was impressed with that. So, yeah. Uh, well, but she did go, much... but she worked, the one of the re- we, re- restaurants we recommended is one of our favourites that you went to, and you re- rated that as well, didn't you? Yeah, the Turkish restaurant uh, just up the up the top of the hill in Broadstairs was absolutely fantastic. We we both had a, a lovely meal, really good value as well, good service. Couldn't argue with anything really. It was uh, yeah, it was it was very good. Uh, really really enjoyed it, and we had a lovely time down in. Uh, sunny Broadstairs, well, cold Broadstairs, actually. Yeah. Uh, went to a few pubs, some all right, some lovely, one not so good. But we had, a, no, we had a really nice time, actually. It was nice to get away, get a bit of sea air uh, and, and make the most of a, a rare weekend off. And, and did get to see you again briefly on Sunday as well, um, when you were all kitted out in your running gear, mate, which was a big surprise. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we're doing some, um, uh, I've been doing a bit of running, because I know we did it before, when me and you did it uh for the um, radio show and we did the park run but I, but I didn't have the right gear and done my um, didn't have the right f- shoes on did I so it did my knees in but this time I'm hoping to do a to a te- do, do a 10k in London uh, in February um, for an event so um, which means back to my uh, wife and sister-in-law who are running with us so yeah so I've done a bit of that which is I swear I've quite enjoyed it it's um, sometimes getting away um, for a, half an hour or so um takes the, the uh, wears away of a, a normal working day, really, sort of uh, gets it from that. Yeah, I mean, if it gets me a little bit fitter, that's always a good thing as well. Yeah, I need to get back into the running. It's been a, it's been far too long. Let's not talk about it. Uh, everything else all right apart from that? It, they kept saying it was going to snow, but we've not seen any of it down here. I no, don't know if you've got any. No, nothing at all. It, to be nothing. fair, they were saying it's cold when we go out early. It's been colder than the last few days when they're saying it's really cold, so... Um, if yeah, so it, again, if it would have snowed, it would definitely laid because it's so dry, bone dry on the ground. So, um, yeah, but I think it's supposed to be about 13 degrees next week, so uh, which is a bonus if I'm football on Tuesday as well when Dover play Tunbridge because that can get cold. If it's 13 degrees, it'll be absolutely perfect, yeah. And of course, we did also discuss uh on last week's show about the uh our, our Sainsbury's purchasing habits, oh, right. uh, and I got a, a, a again. No more, uh, as I say, Matt Gerald does have a potty mouth because I got a message from Matt Gerald just the day after we'd recorded last week's show and I'm going to get the beat machine out, which I haven't done for a while. Not any old f***ing salt for me, says Matt Gerard, the number one buyer of sea salt crystals in Ramsgate. Nobody bought more than him in 2023. <laughs> what are you, what are you, how are you getting through so much salt? I, I don't, to be honest, I don't have my salt on anything, so I, I blame my two? wife, really. Do you reckon you bought on this. two? And that's it? 
That's that rough. <laughs> and it, it's quite a big, um, quite a big tub. So I don't believe we've actually um, had that much of it. But it's um, well, we season our cooking. But there you go. So I don't swear that often. Only I swear we do, John. Really. So oh. people must think I'm sort of potty mouth. So this is this is a family show, really. So um, yeah. but just certain things that I like to accentuate uh, things with a with a bad word. Yeah, you can't, do you know what? Sometimes you can't beat a bit of a swear. So, no, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I'm, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. but again, make sure your kids don't do it. That's not good. But when you get to my age, um, you can sort of, um, yeah. But again, I, when, when, when I was you get quite proud age, of it when, when I said it. When, though, when mate. you get to your age, Matt, frankly, who gives a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's our 281st episode this week, and our old pal Sophie Germain is back with another one of her prime numbers. Uh, there's loads of bus routes, including one which, given its start and finish, I expected to go past Speed House, but it doesn't. But I've also found the Chateau Minity 281 Coach de Provence Rosé, which is a pale rosé with translucent reflections, uh, offers an intense and complex nose. Uh, the finest of white fruit aromas is disclosed through iodine notes, giving it a unique character. Uh, it sounds great, but at 60 quid a pop from an online retailer, I don't anticipate I'll ever be finding out how good the uh, Chateau Minity 281 Coach de Provence Rosé is, mate. Oh, no. Again, I'd love to do one of these things. If you had a hundred pound bottle of wine or a four ninety nine one from one of the supermarkets, would you reckon you know the difference? Possibly the four ninety nine, but I reckon you can get a nice bottle of wine for a tenner, can't you? And like, yeah, you know, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've been to restaurants and, I, and I've had tasting uh, or, or wine flights alongside various bits and pieces. Do you drink much wine? And. I like it with the with the meal out. I suppose like I'll buy a bottle if I'm going out. If I'm having a nice meal out, um, I'll you know I'll buy a bottle. But I don't, you know, I don't drink it religiously. To be honest, I I do like it, but it's just I don't I don't I don't really have I don't really drink at home anymore. You know, especially living on my own as I currently do. You know, I think it would be a bit a, a bit much if I just went and cracked open a. Bottle of wine, six. But, but a lot of, of people do though, don't they? So they do, and like you know, I, I I just find I've never really liked drinking at home, and and this is I mean this is my whole life I've never really liked it. Um, you know, and fair play to people who do. I, I'm not judging anybody for it or anything like that, but it's just not for me. You know, I'll, I'll have sometimes when I get in from work, when I'm at fees, I'll have a couple of beers or something like that. But right now, I don't want to think. I'm not going to think, oh, I'm going to finish the podcast. I'm going to go and have a beer because that, that's just not what I do. And funny enough, today I was could have bought some beers online, um, but I'm going to be able to buy them elsewhere. And it was six cans if I bought it on if I bought it online. And I thought I'm not going to get through six cans. So you know, it's a bit, bit, yeah, a bit rubbish. But there you go. Uh, anyway, but, let's. Yeah, yeah. But we, we we don't have much. We don't really have much alcohol anyway. So we've not it's not a. You know, like the days of your early twenties when you're knocking it down. So um, I'm feeling that old again. Talking about age again, aren't I? So, but um, yeah, it just there's no real need for a drink really. So, but <laughs> so again, unless the unless the mechanic goes too bad. So, but no, yeah. <laughs> Waffling there. I'm waffling there. Maybe I need a drink to stop waffling. Absolutely. Uh, right, let's get on with the show then. And we're going to start in the FA Trophy, where it's the end of the line for Hythe Town. They gave it a really good go, but they ultimately came up short as they were beaten by Chorley by two goals to one. Uh, a late goal doing uh, the job for the Northern team. had come down from pretty much near Preston uh, and, and beat Hyde to make it through. Uh, after the game, Matt spoke to Cannon striker Jake Embry. Look, it was a good game at the end of the day. They've put on... They've put us right to the sword, scored late on. To be honest, we matched them. I felt we played very well. We've limited them to a few chances and that's probably the difference in levels. Good bit of set piece from them and they've scored. So I think we gave them a good game now. I think we can keep our heads up and we've got to go again, really. Get back to league now. Got a lot of games in hand to catch up on. Yeah, we'll talk about the league in a minute. Talk about your goal as well. Good play from Aaron Barnes and a good striker's finish. Yeah, probably just an instinct one again. We've had a few of them now this season, little tap-ins. But, yeah, another goal, so keep going. Good form, so happy with that. We talked about the surface before. It looked pretty sticky. How difficult is out there to play on it? I don't want to say anything bad about our pitch because it's our pitch at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's not it's not ideal, but it's what we're used to. I mean, it's been better than what it's been in recent weeks. So, a bit of a pleasant surprise for us. But, yeah, surface is the surface at the end of the day. Do you, do you feel it in your legs after a certain amount of minutes in it? Um, I'd say 
we've probably got more used to it than other sides. Obviously, people come here and I think they probably feel it more than us. But, yeah, definitely, you do still feel it the next day. But to be fair, today I was all right. I think most, most people had a bit more of an edge today because we are a bit more up for it. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do feel it the next day, definitely. I think if you're neutral here and the 52 places between the two sides, probably for the majority of the game, you wouldn't know the difference between that. No, I'd say we matched them toe-to-toe, to be honest. I mean, we got the early goal, we got in the lead. I think you could see that they, was a, they, they were a good side as well. So, But, yeah, you wouldn't see the, the difference in whether it was 52. You wouldn't see that today. But, I mean, they've gone through probably the reason why they're 52 places above us. You mentioned about the league. I think you've crazily have only played 15 league games when nearly in the middle of January. It looks like it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the, for the rest of the season. As a player, would you prefer to do that than train? I mean, it's a hard one to say. You don't really want to be playing catch-up, but I mean, I wasn't here last year. they done it. They done the exact same thing last season and made the playoff final. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of hard work. I, I was literally checking the um, the fixtures before we came up here and... I think we've got Saturday, Tuesday until February the 3rd, which I can't, I've never really heard of, to be honest. I think you're usually aiming to be done for in the, in the first half of the season in the, in, before the new year. So, yeah, a bit of a crazy one. But at least, at least, we got, um, at least we've had results go against us, uh, for us today. So, I mean, we've got seven games in hand on some people. And we're like six points behind, so we're sitting in a nice position, but yeah, a lot of work to do now. Yeah, you mentioned the side last season went on a run, got into the playoffs, just missed at the final hurdle. What's the dressing room feeling like? Yeah, it's a really good dressing room. I mean, I'd say the team's probably better this season. We've had we've had a few more additions. I think there's been me, Brad, Aaron, and a few more come in, definitely helped the side, and I think got a bit more of an edge this year compared to last season, which were, they was probably lacking. I mean, defensively last season, they was the best side about didn't concede many goals I think the home record they didn't even lose a game so I think going forward we've probably added a little bit more so I think we've got a good opportunity to be right up there come the end of the season Looking back on the FA Trophy run club history it's been a fantastic run with good memories Oh yeah great memories I mean I don't don't know how far a step four team's been before so I saw there was another step four with us today but yeah great memories I can always look back and be proud of this And so the aim is to the end of the season come April in those playoffs? Yeah, definitely. I think we all believe that we should be in there. I mean, we've got to go and show it now, so got a lot of work to do. I mean, I think we've got 30 games to 30 games to play by the end of April, so yeah, a lot of work to do, but I think, yeah, definite goal is we should be in the playoffs and anything less would be disappointment for us, we feel. Any personal targets yourself? How many goals are you looking for for the end, for the end of the season? I mean, it's been a bit of a weird year for me. I mean, I've got a lot more assists than I'd ever have in my life. And probably less goals than where I'd hope to be. So I haven't really set goal targets, really. It's more about the team, to be fair. I think as long as we're winning the games, I don't really care who scores. As long as we just win the game, it doesn't really matter. Frustration for them, Matt. But, they, but by the sounds of it, they gave it a really good go. Yeah, I, I thought it was, there was there wasn't the only difference probably is the quality of the in the final third that truly did it. High started the game really well on an old-fashioned pitch, which was very, very muddy um, and, and a great those, leveller. The pitch, I was going to say the pitch is a leveller when he went in there. Yeah, so a real leveller. Um, I've, I've got some good players. They're very well organised, very well drilled. Um, Steve Watt only has sort of one up top, really, with Embry in behind, and Embry scored a, um, a goal. Good play from Aaron Barnes, who's a good player for Hyde, probably playing at a level that he shouldn't be. Um uh, probably could play at a high level, but it shows the quality that Steve Watt can attract. Um, if they'd got in just before, got in at half-time, 1-0 up, it may have made a real difference. Um, but the goal on the stroke of half-time uh, made a difference. And again, there wasn't much in it in the second half. It wasn't the greatest game I've seen, but one set piece and they put the ball in the back of the net there. Um, the visitors, but Hyde could be really proud of that, what they can do. Um, and now they've got to concentrate on the league. Um, Steve Watt's doing a really good job there. Um, in a really friendly club, either. You could see the sort of the fans and the people behind them and speaking to the fans um, at half-time. Very, very friendly club. People who go every week, they're enjoying their football. Um, and I think they should be proud of their achievement of getting to that far in the 
in the trophy. And again, if that, as I say, if it'd been if they'd have been in front at half time, it could have been a totally different story. I think it's 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 one of those, isn't it? Like like you say, you you want to keep that get through to half time and do that. But I, I suppose no one had many expectations of Hive Town up against Chorley. And and they gave it a really good go. And I suppose that's all they could ask for. But as you say, they've got to build on that now. And losing it rapidly in form Lansing on Tuesday night was probably not ideal. But do you think you've seen Ramsgate a few times this season? Do you think Hyde have got what it takes to, to get to the playoffs again this year? I think they need to score more. Maybe play all the games I've seen. is uh, Carney Bryan is a good striker. Up front. He needs a bit of support because... He is a willing runner up top and he'll chase absolutely everything, but a bit more support. Um, and maybe Steve Watt may have to go a little bit more attacking and got games in hand to get into those playoffs and so maybe pushing somebody up to kind of get another strike or help out Embry or push him up a little bit. That would be my only concern. Defensively, they're very solid, good keeper. I like the fullback Goldsmith. I've liked him a couple of times. I think he could play to a decent level. So they've got the basis there. It's just, have they got enough goals in the team to, to push on? in the final third. And hopefully, maybe they've got the extra money they've got from um, the cup run that maybe can get a striker in just to um, push push them over the, the next level or move, move them or hopefully move them on up. Uh, but they've had a good season and I'm sure other sides will be wary of them trying to get in those players because what they did this time last year. And, and and the pitch, you did say, oh, it's a leveller. And, and he said, you know, I don't want to criticise the pitch because it's our pitch. Um, but... It is a problem for them, isn't it? We, we saw the problems that they had even earlier on in the season. And obviously, you say they've got games in hand. Right? Is this pitch going to stand up to that? Because the weather's not the best, is it? I was speaking to somebody at work who, when he played cricket down there, and he always said that it was an interesting thing. When the tide was in round Hyde, if you were, bat- if you were um, uh, batting, you noticed the difference. The pitch used to be, you know, bowler-friendly. And I don't know if they, if the tide and being close to the sea affects the um, that pitch as well. Again, we mentioned, oh, we're going to get a 3G in. And, of course, the director said, oh, yeah, if we've got a spare 600 grand to do it. So uh, it's, I'm sure they could probably do with a bit of lack of rain or you know, the weather over the next few days, maybe to thaw the pitch out. Because I'm sure it's going to be rock hard um, over the last few days. But, yeah, that will be a bit of a concern. But I'm sure Steve Watt will be hoping their form at home has been good. Um, um, long may that continue on the surface they've got but I can't again not going to be able to put a 3G on it and and, and it's such a nice quaint old ground Hyde as well a real old school non-league ground again speaking of Chorley fans they said it was you know a throwback really for what they used to in the the northern um, the northern league so um, yeah I don't think uh, Hyde want to go down that 3G route it's just a lovely little place Um, stay on the grass and Sometimes it adds a bit of nostalgia when it's nice, a bit of a muddy. Um, and Jake Embry himself there, Matt, 24 years old he is now. He's, he's been in and around uh, a, a few places. And uh, But I did see, he said, I assume this was after you'd finished recording, but he said, you know, we should come and play for Steve Watt earlier and he feels he's playing the best football of his career. Were, were you impressed by him? Yeah, uh, again, he's, he, you know, when he went to Maidstone, I think he scored in his National League debut. So uh, from that point of view, you thought, oh, he's going to be a striker, but the injuries have let him down. But, as I say, Steve Watts is the kind of manager you, you, you want to work with. You've got to work hard. But if you get into his mentality and work rate that you've got from him, you're going to be successful. And, you know, it was a good poacher's finish that he got the on the end of. And his link-up play was good. Just want to see him further up the field, I think. And I'm sure he'd get more goals than he's got if he can get up there alongside um, Carney Bryan, who is a threat and who is a who can be a handful. And he can feed off that. As I just said there, Matt, they did lose on Tuesday night. Uh, at Lansing, who are up to third in the table. Uh, but it's been a week of comebacks for the leaders, Ramsgate, who are 14 points clear uh, of Cray Valley, who do have four games in hand. Uh, but Ramsgate have twice this week come from 2-0 down. I did see a Ramsgate fan on Facebook say, well, I'm glad the lads have listened to us saying it was boring winning 4-0 every week. Uh, first of all, we're home to Burgess Hill on Saturday and came from 2-1 down. Uh, two nil down, sorry, to win that one by four goals to two. And then repeated the trick on Tuesday night at, at Homelands when they came from 2-0 down. Again, to beat Ashford by three goals to two. Uh, 14 points clear, Matt. They've still only lost twice this season. They're looking good, but they'll still be worried about Cray Valley, won't they? Well, I think you've got to be concerned about Cray Valley, but, you know, Ramsgate, 21 games, they've won 18 of them. So, unless there's a major fall-off in form, and clearly they've got extra character by winning these two games, 
maybe Joe Alul's gone. Um, I saw that. Uh, he's gone to Welling. Um, maybe defensively they're not as strong, maybe. But when you've got people like Joe Taylor banging the goals in and TJ Zadama, you're always going to score more than the opposition anyway. So, yeah, I, I think they're in a a good position. Um, they've been in this position, maybe not this many points clear, but top of the table at this time of the year and hasn't worked out for them. But I'm sure this is the year that promotion will be for Ramsgate. Um, if if Steve McKim's listening to this, he he thinks his team will have a chance. But, you know, they need to start dropping some points because points in the bag is so much more important than um, uh, games in hand. So, yeah, good character showing in the last few days from from Ramsgate. Well, the pressure's on a little bit, isn't it? Because they lost that previous game, but um, they seem to have enough character to do it. So it will be a big shock, I think, maybe if um, if they get caught at the top of the table. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I was listening to Radio Kent in my hotel room on Saturday afternoon, I know to show a girl a good time, um, and I heard they were two 0 down. Um, to to Burgess Hill, I was like, oh yeah, because like you say, they had just lost the game before as well. So you do kind of start to think, oh, is that a bit of an omen for Ramsgate? But the character they've shown, uh, really impressive. The other results in that division, it was Beckenham two, Seven Oaks two. Uh, this is Saturday's results. This will two new winners at Broadbridge Heath. Cray Valley beat Ship United three one. Phoenix Sports drew one all. Uh, East Grin said it was a 2-0 win for Herne Bay over Merston and Ashford were beaten 1-0 at Littlehampton. And then on Sunday, uh, Irith and Belvedere, now under the former Stansfeld bosses Jamie Phipps and Billy Hamlin, uh, were beaten 3-0 at home by Lansing before on Tuesday night, as well as that win for uh, the Rams at Ashford. There was defeat for Hyde, as I've mentioned, and a 3-1 win, though, uh, for Herne Bay in their game at Chichester, leaving Herne Bay only outside the playoff places on goal difference. So there's still plenty of action to be had in that division. And of course, there are games this weekend, as you would expect. And next midweek, as we're all playing catch up now, but on Saturday, Ashford at home to East Grinstead. Uh, it's Chichester as a destination for Beckenham. Ramsgate head to Horndean. Hyder at home to Irith and Belvedere. Uh, Cray Valley go to Lansing. That'll be a tough one for them. Uh, and now unbeaten record is Phoenix Sports against Herne Bay. Sheppard at home to Littlehampton and Sittingbourne against Sevenoaks. And then in midweek, or oh, loads of games. Look at all of these. Uh, Beckenham at home to Burgess Hill. Cray Valley go to Chichester. Ashford are at Horndean. And Ramsgate go to Three Bridges. So some big games coming up this week in that division, Matt. Yeah, the big winner probably this week was um, Herne Bay, wasn't it? They had a bit of a sticky run, but uh, two wins on the spinners put them right on the um, skirts of the playoffs as well. So, yeah, again, we're expecting, well, we, we know this league now is badly Saturday, Tuesday, for at least for the next month or so. So, um some big games in there. Big, big test for um, Cray Valley. Um, they've won every single game away from home, but going to Chichester and Lansing, they're tough games. So um, see what it looks like this time next week. Yeah, two 3G pitches there as well and, and, and long way to go for both of them. So they will be yeah. tricky. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Hyde in the FA Trophy, but there's two other teams in the FA Trophy. And Matt, we should hold our hands up and apologise. We very flippantly said that there was no chance that Welling would beat Chesterfield, but we didn't realise that Chesterfield would be sending a, a very understrength team and that Welling would do a number on them. Welling beating Chesterfield by two goals to nil to make it through. Uh, Bromley also through. Welling at home to Barnet in the next round. They'll be feeling pretty happy, won't they? But I, I have heard some whispers that all's not well. The assistant manager's left. Is that right? Yeah, I thought, yeah. Um, yeah, because Joe Law's come in as, is it player coach? Uh, Danny, yeah, the assistant manager who's worked heavily alongside... Um, Danny Bloor before he's gone. Uh, something to do with the training. I think they're training mid in the mornings one day, then evenings the next week, and he can't, couldn't sort of, um, you know, with his day I mean, job get around yeah. that as well. And Danny Bloor, I don't know if, if he, well, really, he's wanted Joe Law, but maybe stuff going out of his hands. But good result against Chesterfield kids, basically. I can't believe Barnett will play the kids, but you know, Wellington in the last sixteen, whatever it is. Maybe they think they've got to can do well in this competition, but the league form is the most important thing for Welling because they need to start picking up points. And Joe Law, if you play to his strengths, um, it will head the ball all day. Um, we saw it can it can be gutter if if you're quick against him, but um, his organisation could be key for them at the back. Yeah, and uh, Bromley needed penalties uh, to to see off Chippenham on Saturday. They will play Averley in the next round, and. and for Barnet and Bromley, I suppose, if they look at it and think Chesterfield are gone, then there's no reason why they can't push all the way and try and get to to, to both finals because they've both got their eyes on the playoffs and they'll both have their eyes on the FA Trophy as well, won't they? 
you would have thought that Bromley would probably be favourites to win the competition, get their third final in five or so years. So, um, well, it looks like the Chesterfield are, are running away with the, the league, but Bromley know they've got a chance of getting up via the playoffs as well. But I think Andy Woodman likes his competition. Um, I think they'll they'll want to do well in that as well. It's uh, back to National League action for Bromley on Saturday as they tra- as they host Borehamwood, uh, while Ebbsfleet United play Hartlepool. And then on Tuesday night, they're both in action again. Uh, Bromley at Aldershot and Ebbsfleet going to Maidenhead. Uh, Ebbsfleet, of course, as we wrote to Mark Cousins on last week's show, will be desperate to build on that performance from uh, last time out when they were victorious. Uh, the other FA competition as well, the FA Bars. We've only got one team left, I'm afraid to say, uh, that team being Deal Town who beat Cobham uh, to move into the last 16 as well of that competition. Uh, they will go to Bridgewater uh, in the last 16. I think that's why it's Bridgewater. It's miles away, isn't it? Somerset, yes. And they're yeah. the third team in, a, in three seasons from our fair county to head out there uh, for, for a tie in this competition after Town and Tunbridge Wells. So uh, plenty going on. They must be in the Wessex League. That's normally a strong league as well, isn't it, that one? Uh, yeah, the, I think that it'll be a tough tie for Deal Town, that one, shall we say. Uh, but they, they've strengthened, haven't they? They've uh, they've signed Ashley Miller. Yeah. Um, and also they've, they've lost their goalkeeper, Henry Newcomb, to injury. He's out for the rest of the season. Uh, they've moved very swiftly to bring in Adam Malloy, who's won this league the last two seasons. So uh, a, a good... Uh, signing that one are currently playing this evening and they're 2-0 up at Lidtown uh, a big result for Deal in their push for the title I'm sure the full-time whistle uh, is not too far away in that one but it was the end of the line in the FA Vars for Irith Town who went out on penalties uh, at Hilltop uh, and Holmesdale who were beaten 3-1 by Highworth Town uh, great runs for both of those teams I'm sure Irith Town will be particularly disappointed to fall at this stage again uh, they've got, you know, they keep getting to this sort of stage and, and not being able to to push on, which is really frustrating uh, for them. Uh, let's stick with the Southern Counties East League then, and our second interview of the week. Uh, it's been a indifferent start to life at Lordswood for Nicky Southall, uh, the former Gillingham midfielder, taking over there about a month ago. Uh, but he finally got some points on the board of a big win uh, on Saturday, three-one away from home at Kennington. Uh, and Matt caught up with Nicky Southall earlier this week. Well, obviously delighted now. Um, the last week we had back-to-back wins. Um, it took me a while to get in and and see what we've got in the squad. I give everyone a. I said when when I first arrived for the door, like everyone's got got a busy, a fresh start really, and show me what you've got and um, show me what if you want to be at the club and whatever you know. And um, I just managed to. Just make a few changes. Uh, start starting to put my philosophy on on the team. The work rate, the fitness levels are massively improved from where I was when we first walked through. Uh, it's difficult over the Christmas period as well. There's a lot of games, so I didn't really want to make too many changes. Um, it's, it's difficult even to sign players over the Christmas period because the the league is just not in. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I mean. Really, really pleased with the way we played at the weekend. It's um, definitely the best we've moved the ball. And um, looking forward to the game at the weekend as well in the uh, Ken Senior Trophy. Yeah, yeah. The back-to-back wins, a decent result, uh, particularly at the weekend. You're missing James Jeffrey as well. I think he was uh, suspended after getting a set off the previous week. So what, what's the sort of philosophy you want to try and get into your players? I just want to uh, just be more professional, you know. It's, even even though it's... it's the, well below the league levels, you can still be professional, and and I, I've always been professional anyway through football and in in in, in my managerial career and um, being assistants, obviously you know the door and stuff like that. So all, all the attitude, everything has got to be professional towards training, towards my staff, towards each other as well. You know, you got to um, trust each other when you go over the white line, as the old cliche says, but you do and. Um, just making small little changes throughout the throughout really the club and um, having daily chats with the chairman and, and Jason, director of football. So just to um, freshen things up, really. How have you found, I say, you've played Premier League football, you come down to the players at this level. At this level, you, you're managing it. You still have to be a very good player to get to that level. So um, how difficult is it to managing the players in that context? Um, it's 
it's not easy, I've got to say, it's not easy. But, I mean, obviously the players know the levels I've played at and stuff. And I, did, I just, when I walked through the door, I said, I don't want to put more pressure on it because I've arrived in there, you know. I want you to go and play. Show me what you've got and show my assistants and Ross um, what, what you can produce. And you wouldn't be at this level if, you, if you're a bad player. So, um, I just think... Me, me arriving through the door, I just want to take the pressure off them. All the pressure's on me, obviously. My name's above the door. And um, I want them to enjoy themselves, come in, train them with a smile on the face. I think, uh, I don't think it was it was quite like that before I arrived. And looking at the way we celebrated after the game on Saturday, it clearly shows to me that there's a definitely a, a newfound team spirit amongst them boys in that dressing room. Do you say that... that... You know, they haven't lost that many games this season, but looking at the table, but you say there's a lack of confidence when you walk through the door? Well, yeah, I think, uh, I just think with, with the, uh, the old manager leaving, I think there's a little bit of, well, look at, looked a little bit lost. And um, so, obviously me coming in and, and Russ coming in, we just had to pick him up a little bit and uh, it took a while. Um, um, but, we're slowly getting there and I've told them that I need full commitment to, to the two nights of training because um, like, you're only going to benefit from that. Fitness levels are going to go up, organisation levels are going to go up and we can work on a lot more stuff leading to the games at weekends. So that is one of the biggest things I did say, that I need full commitment and everyone to be turning up for training uh, on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Uh, so you mentioned earlier, um, after the back-to-back wins, you've got uh, Kent Senior Trophy in the quarterfinals of that. I presume that's a competition you're playing, Lark- Larkfield and Newhaven are fourth in the league below. It'll be good to um, end the season, maybe with a trophy in the in the cabinet. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what the, 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 that was part of... Um, the remit when I came in, they'd like to try and get to the final of, the, of this cup. Um, got a good chance. Won't be easy against Larkfield. Obviously, I know Danny and um, from my days at Maidstone, I was there with Jay. So um, it's going to be organised. It's going to be strong, uh, direct. So yeah, um, looking forward to it. We they won at the weekend. We won. So um, best team will win. To be honest, and um, we we just got. The pressure's on us, obviously, with the, the team above and uh, in the league above. But I'm looking through their team and, and their squad at Larfield. They've got some good players. What have you thought of the, the standard of the scaffold? You know, it's quite tight at the top of the table. And you know yourself, if you in, you know, go again with those back-to-back wins that you've done, you could be in the playoff mix. What, what do you think of the standard? Yeah, the standard's been really good. Um, obviously, we I haven't really seen any of the top teams yet, as yet. Obviously, the Favishams and um, the Glebes. Um, we've obviously played Snodland and we got beat, but it was never it was never a three four nil game. I think it was, but we we, we had the cross crossbar, we had the post a couple of times, um, and we just got punished for mistakes. And this is what I'm saying. It's like. I give the boys a, a chance when when I first arrived through the door, and um, the boys that we've got there now. I said to them after the game on Saturday, and this is like the squad I want to go with now. Um, we've made changes. I've, there's there's been about ten leave. Um, I brought about eight in, so and there's probably room for another couple, and, and that's what I want to go with to the end of the season. I don't want to be chopping and changing from now to the end of the season. I want to get a settled side and uh, team that believe in each other. You personally, I think you've been out of the game for a year or so. Um, you were desperate to get back in. Have you had other offers? But what attracts you to Lordswood? Uh, well, just local team, to be honest. Uh, I've, obviously, I spoke to Jason Lillis. Um, I had him as my assistant when I was manager at Whitstable. Um, we know each other through Gillian Connections anyway and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I was at uh, Ramsgate in the last season. We mm. got beat on the playoffs to move with Jamie. And... Um, I just, I just needed a break from it, Matt. Just mm. when you DNDL for the, the amount of years I've done it, you know, I just wanted to just recharge my batteries and um, just gather my thoughts really and just see where I want to take it. And, and this opportunity came along. I had two, three opportunities to go into a club at the start of the season that just didn't quite work out. And um, so I just decided, just you know what, let's just have a rest, recover enjoy 
Saturdays with my family and uh, and see where it takes us. And and this opportunity came along. I just thought, you know what, I'm ready now. I've, I've had a good break and uh, just looking forward. Just want to get back in the dugout. I want to get back on the training ground. And how much are you enjoying it? I suppose back with the players, even if it's just part-time, it's it's getting your views across. Yeah, it's, it's great, you know, and um, like speaking to the players, they live and die on every word you say, you know, and um, um, it's just great to be working and training with the boys and getting, like I say, my, my philosophy across, you know, I like to play attacking football, attacking full-backs, and I uh, see on Saturday, obviously you went there, but the Saturday, the third goal that we created was absolutely outstanding, would have graced any league and at any stage, it was a great goal. That's funny that, Matt, because I saw Lordswood uh, play in the ground top, what, in October, and I thought they looked, you know, quite a good side. I thought they looked fit and sharp, but he's come in and said, no, the fitness needed a lot of work. Uh, do you think he's got higher standards maybe than, than than other people may have because of his professional background? Um, I think to get to the level he's played at, as I mentioned in that interview, if you get to the levels playing in Scaffold, you have to be a good player. Um, the levels he got, you have to be, you know, mentally, physically on top to do it. And maybe he wants that from his players from there. Again, bringing 10 players in um, to get it right. Clearly, he's happy with the squad now. Um, it's a bit, it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge for him as well. He's had, you know, he's had a couple of managerial jobs. He's done a lot of assistant work. So, he knows the non-league game. He knows the Kent game as well. So um, I think it's a big chance for Nicky Southfield to do well here. Um, I'm sure he'd love to be back, you know, managing at the levels that he did before or assistant roles. But it's quite a brave decision to come and manage Lordswood. Uh, again, knows Jason Lillis pretty well, is what he mentioned there. Um, they weren't doing too bad, really. They, didn't, they haven't lost many games before he came in as well. I know he's had a taking them a while to get used to it and maybe the players to get used to him. But back-to-back wins now, they've got a chance on the outskirts of the playoffs. And I think he's pretty confident um, now that the players are taking his opinions across that they could um, um, have a chance of getting into those playoffs. And, and Lordswood as a club, you know, I, I've, I was there, I've been there twice, but I was there when they only just stayed up thanks to a last-minute penalty uh, to stay in the league because of results in other leagues elsewhere. Um, and then I was there early in the season and, you know, the, it was part of the ground up. There was a good crowd in there. Uh, and it's difficult for them with where they are being in the shadows of Gillingham and, and now Chatham as well. But there is a bit of potential there, actually, because, you know, it's a nice place to go and watch a game of football. There's good people behind the scenes. And if Nicky Southall can, can you know, turn them into a team that's going to win more often than not, then things are going to be only going in the right direction for them. But, yeah, I, I think Nicky Southall would, to go to a club that he can be successful at. Um, and, and it's, it's an a opportunity. coup for Lordswood, isn't it? That's the thing. It's a, it's a bit of a coup for Lordswood. Yeah, yeah well, you know, exactly. Yeah, Premier, Premier League, League manager managing at this level, yes. Premier League player managing at this level. Very experienced player. As I say, probably a, a Kent footballing legend for what he did for the Gillian, for Gilles and where he went from, from there. And clearly he likes to settle back into the area. Um, again, he's been at a lot of clubs and knows a lot of players. And would have learned a lot. And you say it's a coup for Lordswood. Yes, uh, it's been a week of away wins in the Southern Counties East League uh, on Saturday. There was only one team that won at home on Saturday, uh, Matt, in the league, which was um, the Corinthian, who were 3-1 winners over Whitswell Town. They went behind early on, uh, but hit back to win that one by 3-1. Snodland Town were 5-2 winners at Fisher. We've already heard Lords were 3-1 winners at Kennington. Uh, Glebe won by the same score at Punjab. Uh, Faversham also had to come from behind, but they beat Rustle by two goals to one. 322 there as well. Another good crowd for Rustle. They've really done well uh, getting those people in through the gates. Uh, it was a 3-1 win as well for Lid in their game at Stansfeld. Uh, and another 5-2, in fact. Beers did 5-2 winners at Wellington, while Tom Ridge Wells against VC Athletic uh, was called off. And then, of course, that game on Wednesday night is the only one to survive the... Uh, the cold snap that we've had coming in, uh, that Deal Town were two 0 winners at Lidtown in that's one. I don't know if the is the Skeffel known for its away wins. That's a lot of away wins this week. I don't know if they, if they know the league percentage of what is home to away wins, but it's interesting that, isn't it? A lot of away wins this week. 
I spend enough time dealing with stats in my day job, mate. I don't need to worry about it when I'm doing this as well. Uh, as we, have you already heard, uh, three of the four Kent Senior Trophy quarterfinals are this weekend. Uh, Irith against Nodland Town, Lordswood against Larkfield and New Hythe, and Whitsall against Faversham Strikeforce. Uh, in the league, it's Deal against Fisher, Faversham against Glebe, Hollands and Blair against Sutton Athletic, Holmesdale against Leedtown. Uh, it's Rustall against Corinthian, Stansfield against Wellington, Tunbridge Wells against Bearsid, and VCD Athletic against Kennington. Uh, and there's no games in midweek in the uh, in the league in in the scaffold next week, we do have some Challenge Cup quarterfinals, uh, including more games for Deal Town and Faversham, who travelled to Corinthian and Homesdale against Irith Town. So, some good teams left in that Challenge Cup uh, as well. Uh, into the scaffold first division, Hartford and New High, 3 1 winners at FC Elmstead. More away wins, Matt. 2 0 win for SC Thamesmead at Faversham Strikeforce. Uh, Greenway's beaten 1 0 at home by Bryden Rope. So, 1 0 draw between Lewisham Borough and Canterbury City. FC Whiteleaf, 2 1 winners at Meridian VP. Uh, and Finally, we will finish with two home wins. 3-1 for Rochester United against 2 back and the same score for Staples Monarchs uh, against Forest Hill Park. Uh, so, yeah, lots of away wins. I don't know why, why that's all kicking off this weekend, uh, but there you go. Probably the scaffold this week, then, there'll be a lot of home wins. Possibly. If the away teams, if you would think, if the away teams were winning matches, might be at home now, maybe the, the team's in form. We'll have to see next week. We'll have to look at the um, status on that one. If... If there's, if there's loads more away wins, we will realise that Scaffold is a crazy, crazy league. Really? Uh, just three fixtures in the first division on Saturday. AFC Wildleaf against Rochester United. Brighton Rocks against Staples Monarchs. Lewis and Barrett against K-Sports. Uh, and then there's one game on Wednesday next week between Tooting Beck and Brighton Ropes. Uh, let's move on up then to the Eastman League Premier Division, where we build it as a big week for Margate in the Eastman League Premier Division. Uh, one of their games was called off, but the other one was a one-all draw at home to bottom of the table, Concord Rangers. They need a win, Matt. I know you're there on Saturday. Uh, hopefully, it'll be third time lucky for you and, and Mark Stimson. It's a report on Mark Stimson. He's managed 23 games this season as a manager. Love He's two spells. He hasn't won a game yet, which is a crazy stat. Um, Margate, I think the last one was in November. I mean, it's a bit of a stop-start because he's had got a few games called off as well, but yeah, I think uh, it'll be tough against Bob. No, we're always up and around the playoffs, but Margate have brought a few players in. A um, couple on loan from Tunbridge. Uh, the winger, Mumpolo, he's quite decent. So um, I think they needed a striker to help Corley out. But um, a, a win for Margate probably is um, overdue, really. So And for Mark Stimson. So, uh, yeah, it's... Turning into a bit, a bit bit worrying for Margate, but if they can get that first win under Mark Stimson, we all know Mark Stimson's a good manager. I'm just having a bit of rotten luck for him this season. Yeah, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, a great win uh, for Folkestone. 2-0 away win uh, at Enfield, and then also wins for Chatham Town uh, as they beat Chestnut by three goals to two. Um, and Folkestone as well, Matt, have signed Dean Rance this week. A good signing for them. Yeah, I wonder where he got. He went to Scunthorpe, didn't he, for a bit? I don't think he's played much for Scunthorpe. I know you've got issues up there. Come back, clearly a good friend of Andy Drury, who he's played with him before, um, brought him in. Good player, Dean Rance, on his day. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, get the ball, move it on. Um, we'll try and um, just protect the back four a little bit as well. They've also brought Louis Collins back, um, former um, well, son of the friend of the show. Uh, he's had a lot of clubs, Louis Collins, been at Eastbourne gone back to Folkestone, so um, he probably needs somewhere to settle down and maybe Andy Drury's the manager to control him. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, Harringay Borough is the destination for Folkestone, uh, while Margate are home to Bognor Regis in that must-win game. Uh, and the other two are also away, Cray Wanderers at Whitehawk and Chatham away to Wingate and Finchley. Uh, I don't like the bottom of this league table, Matt. I'm going to be brutally honest. When you've got uh, the teams directly above the relegation places are all from Kent. Uh, and Margate have got 22 points, Grey Wanderers 25 and Folkestone 26, uh, and, and Chesson have got 19. You don't want any of these teams to get sucked into it, but it's just, it's just turning into a bit of a naff season, hasn't it, for, for, for those three, while Chatham are still flying high. Yeah, you, you'd have thought it may have been the other way around, that Folkestone, Cray and Margate would be having a good season, and Chatham would maybe near at the bottom, but um, Chatham are used to winning football matches, yeah. Folkestone, Cray and Margate, Probably at the start of the season, we all thought they might be um, on the cusp of the playoff, but not a great season for them. But um, as we've mentioned before, with teams coming down into this league and teams coming up, they want to be involved in this division next season. 
Absolutely, folks in Victor are also in action on Tuesday night uh, as they go to Cranley Island. Uh, let's move on up then to the National League South. And we're going to talk about pitches again, Matt. Um, an absolute farce on Tuesday night as Dartford, managerless Dartford, we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, travelled all the way to Plymouth to take on Truro. And an hour before kickoff, the game was postponed. Now, I'm going to play a clip in here because last year, and he asked me to talk about it last night on social media, but last year we spoke to the Dartford grounds with Jay Burkauer. And he said to us, you know, about how you've got to think about what's going on when you call games off. So here's a clip from an interview I did actually on the 24th of January last year uh, with the Dartford groundsman, Jay Bakauer. I, I had my, my groundsman's head on, which was, I mean, I was willing to work through the night and try and get the game on. So my, my professional pride, if you like, was saying, we can, I, can, I can still do this. But obviously the other side of me was thinking, like, I spoke to Kevin from, from Taunton. Uh, I spoke to Tony, the managing director, and Jack, obviously the operations manager and the gaffer. We all decided that it's only fair if by Friday night, if we really can't see an improvement, then uh, what, what's the difference going to be on Saturday morning? We, we've talked to leaving at eight o'clock. It wouldn't be fair to them to say, well, we'll give it to 11 because the chances are it wouldn't fall out. Then they've got to travel up. Their supporters have started to travel. I mean, <laughs> we're in a, obviously everyone's struggling for, for money to pay the electric bills at the minute. They don't want to waste money on, on travel to come up to a game, which we probably knew would have been off anyway. So it was massively, we all agreed that was the right decision to make. I mean, you see some things over the, I won't name clubs, but you see some things over the weekend that, that shouldn't have happened. So we, we try to be as fair as possible to, to any, any travelling side. And the thing is, Matt, he's right there when he says you've got to think about the distances that teams are traveling. And they haven't thought about that, have they? And... I've seen footage of the pitch and there was absolutely no way that that game was ever going to be playable. Uh, and we said this on that show where we had Jay, we said there needs to be some sort of blanket ruling about frozen pitches. We understand people want to get games on. Yes, you can look at the weather forecast and think, oh, it might thaw out. But when teams are travelling across the country in midweek, you simply cannot get into that situation. And I think it's absolutely important. I think they've got to start doing this thing where... If they look at the pitch in the morning, they, they should say, right, we're going to send a local referee to you at 10 o'clock in the morning. If there's any part of that pitch is frozen, this game is off. That is it. And I think we've got to stop this. I think it's absolute insanity. And I feel for everyone at Darfur who travelled to that game last night, not least because they've got to travel again down there. And it just leaves a bad taste, doesn't it? Well, I think that, I think the league's got to, got to look at that. The league on this position... It's a it's a very long way to go from Dartford to Plymouth. The league should have said, right, let's have a look at this. Look at the weather. It's very bad weather. Well, it's not going to go ahead. The league just looked really bad. They need to control the situation as well. Is that Clearly, and again, it doesn't help that tweets going out from um, from Truro say, oh, this game's definitely on because they look silly. And I know my club have been involved in this sort of thing as well. So. Yeah, I think the league needs to control this situation and say, right, you say, right, 10 o'clock, it's a long way to stop them from travelling, let's call it off. Again, if it's rain, there's not much you can do at a waterlogged pitch, but clearly everybody looks at the weather, the weather is going to be absolutely fr frozen the last few days, have some common sense, and it comes back to the adage again, John, I know this is a rearranged fixture, we should not be ha arranging fixtures in this division in probably in the months of January and February midweek, because it's just asking for trouble. I'm, I'm sure. Um, and I think as well, man, they, they've got to think about the fixtures as well, because, you know, obviously Truro against Dartford shouldn't be being played in midweek. It no. should be played uh, on a weekend. So they've got to be looking at the weekends when games are likely to be called off, you know, for cup games or, you know, just for weather as well, you know, because the long distances, you know, it's it's the difficulty of, of the league system and the way that it works. And, and I'm always going to be a fan of the fact that it's the National League North and National League South. I think that's the right way to do it. But when you're going to have the sorts of distances that are involved, and it's even worse this season because there are a lot more teams from the Southwest this season, which is to be applauded. But they've got to be looking at the distances these teams are travelling and when they're making these trips, haven't they? Well, I think you should try and make it that um, when it's likely it's not going to be called off. And I, sorry, you could probably work these things through, but the league has got to have a definite look about this um, and sort it out. Because, uh, again, who lost money in this situation? Dartford have lost money from that. I don't know if Truro then have to put their money in. The FA aren't going to put, put their hands in their pockets. So 
for non-league, it's just it's it's a, it's a bitter taste of something that probably could be avoided. Absolutely. Dartford, of course, as I said, managerless uh, after the departure of Alan Dowson, which was announced uh, just after we'd recorded the show last week. Thanks for that, guys. Um, general consensus was, from what I've seen on social media and from, and from fans and from chatting to you, was probably the right call. Um, yeah, I think I, I quite like um, Dowson. He's a, but it just hasn't worked out for him this year uh, for him. A lot of cho- chopping and changing doesn't really help. Um, Dartford are a club used to a bit more where, you know, the continuity when they had Tony Berman, they haven't really had that under Steve King and now um, Alan Dowson. So maybe it'd be interesting to see who they go again. The fans seemed quite happy that he's gone. They're having a poor season, 15th place. Um, They'll look, look back on it um, and say, maybe could have been better. And as he said before in the interview, when I heard him went, he didn't really replace Bonner and um, Essam uh, as a sort of leader of the dressing room, he said before, and it hasn't really worked out for him. And it's a results-driven business. The cup, runs, cup hasn't been good for them either. Um, and the fans, Dartford fans expect, maybe not promotion, but they expect to be on the cusp of the playoffs or always get in the playoffs. So being in 15th place, it looks like it's going to be a nothing season. So interesting what they do. Do they keep it to Tony Berman till the end of the season? He don't, I know he doesn't want it. Would you get a new manager in now planning for next season? So I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in that job, though. I think so. Uh, another thing I was going to say, Matt, as well, was what you've said to me and what I've seen other people say as well, was that the football wasn't necessarily pleasing on the eye. And I don't think people mind. I mean, I'm asking the wrong person here, but I don't think people mind football that's not the best if they're getting results. Exactly, yeah. But if the results aren't there, then then the spotlight is going to turn on your style of play because people... But if, if Dartford were 15th and playing like Barcelona, then I think people would find it easier to take. But if they're playing like Chris Kinnear's Dover and 15th, then people aren't going to enjoy it, are they? Oh, I'm never, we'll never state Chris Kinnear's football. <laughs> but so from from that, but again, it's it's it, it's how you want to play football. You know, you know how I would want to play football. But it's easy to beat the stick with it if you're playing long ball and you're not winning matches because that's the easiest way to do it. So. Um, he maybe he has got a bit more direct this season, but as I said before, in this division, I think that's the only way to get out of it. Yeah, and I know well, saying that everything got promoted last year, but but I I, th- I think if you're going to be successful, you've got a chance. I think more if you're if you're being a bit more physical and bullying opposition in this division. I think it's difficult for Dartford, as, uh, as you say, with with what they do now. I think in an ideal world, they want to bring someone in who can finish off this season, make a good impression and then hit the ground running next season because you don't want to be in a situation that Dowson was in when he when he took over and be like, well, I'm stuck with these players. You want to get someone in who's going to be able to to put their stamp on it now, I think. But it's just that right person being available at, at the moment, isn't it? I mean, there's a few names being knocked around that the similar sort of names that you hear when every job comes up. But it, it's just about getting the right fit for the club and, and what they want to do in the future, isn't it? Yeah, I... Tony Berman's got it. Again, in this situation, probably find out who wants the job, advertise it, or, well, don't need to advertise it. People will start applying for it. Have a look at it and go from there. I know, you know, Daryl McMahon's been linked, a couple of people from the, the Averley manager, the Braintree manager, Andy Hessenthaler. Um, if he wants to get back in it, started his career at Dartford. There's plenty of options for Dartford if they, how they want to do it. They've been down the young manager route. They've been down the experienced manager route. Which one will they look to go for again? Absolutely. Time will tell. Uh, games on Saturday, uh, all the ones in midweek were called off, as Dartford know to their cost. But uh, Maystone beaten at struggling Haven and Waterlooville uh, by two goals to one. Uh, a 1-1 draw for Dover in their game at Taunton. Uh, and Tamar James was beaten 2-0 uh, by Hemel Hempstead. Uh, this weekend, Dartford travel west again. Why not? They go to uh, they go to play Bath. Um, it's Tamar James against Worthing. Dover also on the road as they go to Torquay. Uh, it's Welling against Truro. And Maidstone have a much less uh, worrying trip as they only have to go uh, as far as Slough. Uh, Welling are then in action on Monday night as they go to face uh, Chelmsford. Chelmsford always play their midweek games on a Monday night. Uh, before, as Matt has already alluded to, Dover at home to Tumbridge Angels 
uh, on Tuesday night. And Maidstone are at home to Braintree. Uh, is that it? Have we done all the divisions? I think we have, haven't we? We haven't missed anything out, did we? No, no, we're all done this week, yeah. Another, again, we're at that time where the games will be called off a little bit. This week has been a bit of a stop-start one, but interesting times ahead with uh, some of the things. It's been a good week, particularly for Deal Town, probably. It's been a good few weeks for Deal Town, so but, um, they're on the right thing. And It'd be interesting to see where our sides are. Dover needs to start willing. Wellings needs to start willing. Tunbridge probably... Need to start back on it. They, you know, they've moved off, still three points off the playoffs, Tunbridge. So, um, yeah, some big games coming up for our side as well if they get some consistency. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's it's that time of year, though, isn't it, where you have to hunker down and put on your Calvin Klein three-piece and make sure that you're as uh, as warm as you can when you go into games. Genuinely, I'm going to talk about this. How many layers do you wear when you go to Crabble? Because that press box is not warm, is it? Uh, the long johns go on. Um, the hat goes on. So, yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. Well I, well, I did see that it could be 12 degrees when they played Tunbridge. I was jumping for joy, but it's your feet that get cold, really. Um, so out come the big boots and a couple of pairs of socks to keep me. Uh, yeah. What I do find is you, it's your. And after I was quite warm at Hyde, but when you go and do the interviews, your fingers start going a bit creaky as well. So, um, uh, and I don't, I can't really write with gloves on. So, but it's your fingers and your toes, fingers and your feet that the ones that have the issue. So make sure plenty of. Uh, couple of layers of socks on and thick socks are the main ones, important ones. I think for me, the the one thing that I always think whenever I go and cover games, which I know is not as often as I should do before you text me, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Um, but I, the thing I always think is, like, you know, people sometimes think that sports journalism is a glamorous job. And then you're standing in the cold and the rain, in the dark, outside a dressing room, waiting for a manager. Where you're not even sure what they look like in the dark. You know, it's not glamorous, is it? Uh, it's lovely in the summer when I can walk around in my shorts, but yeah, so uh, I always think of that, well, right, it's lovely here, but think of a bit in January when it is cold, but I love my football, so I can, I can, if, it's only, if it's um, a little bit of cold, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, you got any TV recommendations for us this week, or have you been uh, too been busy swearing? We've been watching the Criminal the Record on Apple. Any good? That's Peter, yeah, Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo. Um, Crime, which has been very good. Have I watched anything else? Not much. Not, not much else. I'm watching Blackpool against Nottingham Forest at the moment. But um, absolute thriller. I've, yeah, it is a thriller. Um, apart from that, no, not. Uh, we need to find some other programs. I, I want to get watch The Bear, which apparently is on Disney, which is the winning a lot of Emmys. So that's probably next on the list. Beat Ted Lasso in all the um, Emmys. That one. Sorry. Beat Ted Lasso in all the Emmys, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I haven't been watching. What's that? Um, what's that program that's Claudia Winkleman, we mentioned this last oh, week. Oh, the traitors, yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody raves about that work, and my mum was raving about that, but I'm not really into the uh, I'm not sure about reality, that. so no, 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 I don't think we've got to do that one. Um, here, did, so. did you, I mean, we gave it the big build-up, did you watch Gladiators? I saw the end bit when they're on the, um, uh, they run out, what's that thing called? When you the run Travelator. Travelator, yeah, so uh, people, um, I think uh, people's kids liked it. We, we showed our kids, they weren't too impressed, but um I think we might watch it again, might watch it this weekend with it, so to get into it. But I think it got positive reviews, didn't it? So. It was excellent. I mean, we watched it. <laughs> we got in from our from our night out on the town in Broadstairs, and the TV in our hotel room had iPlayer on it. So we watched it there and then, uh, and we really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was really good fun. Uh, Apparently, there's certain... a guy from Kent who's actually one of the gladiators who lives in Folkestone, I think, somewhere. Oh, is there? Oh, there's there's there. Yeah, yeah. There's a few famouses around. There's a, a, a former Olympic sprinter in there as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a really good show. Uh, and and Bradley's full of gags, I take it. Yeah, I mean that was probably the him and his and his son were probably the the, the least good thing about it. But that's not oh, to say right. they were terrible. Um, but it was a proper slice of nostalgia. It was like the 1990s all over again. So um, that was uh, yeah, really good fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, and you know, it's always great when you see these injuries and everything. And you know, the, one of the lads he did his knee, but still managed to fight back. And when I don't know if they just went out the back and put some toothpaste on it or something to make it better. But um, <laughs> you know, it was uh, yeah, it was just just one of those. I really, really enjoyed it. Really good show. So yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. And I've got to confess, Matt, I'm really sorry, but I have been watching Love Island All Stars. Uh, well, um, well, my my Megan was very well. My oldest daughter was very excited about Love Island Bull Stars and she started mentioning these people 
I didn't know who they were, but apparently one of them's left already. He has, yeah. Apparently so. Um, spoilers mm. if you've not seen uh, <laughs> the, the well, Somebody said to me, surely if they went on Love Island and they didn't find love, clearly they can't be all-stars if they're going back on it again. Is it not about all finding love? It's just about... No, it's still about finding finding right. love. I mean, I don't think it's... I don't think that's what most people go on there for anyway. Yeah. But I think it's it's obviously people who are were popular and and it, I, do you know what? It's nice to just uh, switch off for an hour and a half, or <laughs> well, I can fast forward the adverts and uh, f- and you know just not think about things uh, is my is 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 the main thing for you know when I get in from a long day at work, it's actually nice for me to just sit and and switch off with with something of little in little consequence on the tv in front of me so that's that's why it's quite good um to, to watch so we shall see and watching beautiful people as well probably yeah not for me right, okay. um no not my not my cup of tea but you know i'm sure they're attractive to, to to some people but you know i don't like the whole uh the whole fake i'm all about the the natural beauty hello fiona anyway on that note <laughs> oh dear what? We might as well end that now. That was that was cheesy. Part. That was like you scripted that bit, mate. I, well, I didn't. It literally was <laughs> off the cuff, and I genuinely mean it. I mean, you've had the pleasure of meeting the lovely Fiona, Matt, so you yeah. now know that she's a lovely girl. Yeah, yeah, very nice, very nice. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I, I don't know what she's doing with an idiot like me. <laughs> well, not all right. Not bad like you. you Absolutely. Like She's not just a figment of my imagination. She is real, and she is lovely. So anyway, <laughs> that is it. We will wrap that up now. Uh, on that note. Uh, but yes, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You can find us on social media uh, on Twitter slash X at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, and also the group Kent Non League Football Chat, uh, which continues to grow, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we are on Threads and Instagram as well at Kent Non League Podcast. Uh, I'm at John Phipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, as we say, frozen pitch is getting in the way this week, but hopefully we'll have a full programme for you next week, and we'll look forward to discussing it all with you on the Kent Non League Podcast. Lovely seeing you, mate. And I apologise for my language.